0: I mean, you have to adapt to every single situation. You cannot say, this is the way it is, and this is how it's gonna be forever, because it's not. We have a certain set of beliefs that we have about ourselves, our business, how we run things, maybe how we view other people. Be ready to have other beliefs. You gotta be really open. And so if you're really open to those things and you're open to change and you're open to all those things, then that means that you're open to growth.
1: Maine is the owner of Main and Company and the creator of Alex Main Pro tools and premium hair extension line beautiful blends after being discovered at 15 by Selena Alex knew she wanted to be involved in the beauty industry so with perseverance knowledge and hard work she climbed to the top of the beauty industry and today has salons located in New York City and San Antonio coming up, Alex shares how she got her start in the beauty industry. The surprising question Alex asks to really get to know her clients. You'll learn what it takes to launch multiple locations. And finally, Alex shares her tips on how to handle challenging clients. So many of us have ideas for businesses, but often we don't start them because we either don't know where to start or we feel like we must have everything figured out before we start. And after mentoring so many women over the years, I've always shared the advice to just get started. So we've created a new segment on our show in partnership with Square for you all to hear the actionable steps that founders have taken when they were ready to turn their idea into a business so you can see that it is really possible that you can just get started too. Alex, I am so thrilled to chat with you today and hear all about your entrepreneurista journey and story. How did you just get started in your business? I would love to hear the background of how it came to be.
0: Well, first of all, thank you for having me. It's really funny reflecting back on how I got here because, you know, it started off with... Just like everybody else, an idea, a thought, a lot of fear, a lot of just uncertainty on on what to do. But I think you you said something that was very poignant, which is very much so like just just do it. You know, just get started. So at the time when I started my business and embarked on you know partnering up with Square in the sense of like I started um, using Square was I was an on site business. I was, um, was able to do makeup and hair, and my kids were little, and I couldn't work every day. And so I really liked the flexibility of being able to go on site and do a wedding and make my money and then have the rest of the week off. So it started very small. And then from there, I just got so many referrals. It grew. I graduated from, my, from high school with my license. So I ended up, you know, going into working in a salon to managing other people's salons, to, you know, finally having my own salon and now I'm opening up my third salon. So, you know, all these things, they all just kind of, you know, it starts with an idea. It starts with one small step. And I think the best businesses grow organically because you're able to truly, truly connect with each person and truly connect with the consumer and also, truly connect with yourself as a business and see what your needs are so that the business continually evolves. And I would say that my business, boy, did it, it evolve. I mean, it has offered me so many opportunities. And that's why, you know, recently, just recently, I, I worked with um, Square on talking about multi hyphenated businesses, because here I am with the salon, but you know, it's 3,400 square feet. I'm gonna open up a coffee shop next door. And it just, it just fit. It 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 made sense to split up the space and utilize it differently. And so my husband and I are actually embarking on that journey together. I just got married a year ago. So it's really fun to be married to another entrepreneur and someone who just like loves the torture of it. (laughs) And so we both, we both are just like from morning till night, like just always, you know, thinking of ways to make things better, ways to make cooler. And you know, when you own your own business, that's, that's the really fun part is you're able to curate, you're able to really curate the experience that someone's going to have coming in. And I think you got a little taste of that with me. I'm very particular on certain things. And I, I feel like I know, you know, I know certain things. And when it comes to client experience, I feel very confident that I, from the very beginning that they walk in to the moment they leave, I really want that experience to be amazing And whether it's in my salon or in a coffee shop, there's no difference in the sense of customer service, in the sense of like taste, smell, sight, sound. All those things are so important because they leave lasting impressions and that's how people really know your brand.
1: Absolutely. When you are in the service-based business or industry, it's all about that experience for the customers. And your customers are the people that are going to talk about you and refer you to new clients and customers. And you mentioned in the beginning how you started, you know, you were just working one-on-one with clients and going from, you know, wedding event to another event. And as those referrals grew, that's when you realized that this could be more and you could build this into something bigger. How long were you working, you know, with with individuals and getting this referral base before you said, okay, I think it's time to take this to the next level and, and open up a salon?
0: Yeah. You know, it was really funny because I was on site and then I started doing a little bit of production here and there. So I started working on commercials and TV and film and somebody would come on to, you know, our location and they would have some messed up hair. (laughs) Like something would go wrong. They tried to like do kitchen hair or who knows what. Or, you know, sometimes just off the top of my head, there was like a couple of people that, you know, they had, they were going through cancer and they had wigs, you know, that needed to be cut or they just didn't like their wig or, you know, they didn't like the color, just all kinds of things. It is true. Out of problems come, you know, a lot of a lot of invention. Right. And so that's where I just kind of stepped in and I was like, well, I can help you with that, you know? And so I would go over and help them with their wig or cut, you know, something to make somebody feel better because I genuinely did want to help them. And so when you make somebody feel that way, they always remember that. And they're going to, they're going to refer you to someone else. They're going to be like, I know exactly the person that you need to talk to and that is going to help you with this. So from there, my business grew. Um, I did a lot of color corrections in the beginning. I would do people's makeup on site. I would do, you know, a lot of makeup on commercials. And when I would do their makeup, they would tell me, you know, I've never looked this way. It's like, I look like me, but I look like a better version of me. And so then it became, well, can you teach me how to do this? So I was like, yeah, I can teach you how to do this. So then there came my other business, which I I had the makeup box for nine years. And I taught the public how to do their makeup. So I would have these makeup classes with no more than 12 women at a time. I would have one. uh, I do this on the weekends, on Saturdays and Sundays. I'd have a morning class, an afternoon class. Four classes once a month would basically make me what somebody would work the whole month because of all the retail I'd have in there, I had a lot of sponsors. It grew into something else. And then I wrote a makeup book because I was like, "You know what? One summer I was just like, I want to write I want to write a book." You know, and that way I can at least leave my impression somewhere in the world and somebody, you know, can see this book and that became, you know, something else. It was really cool because I did all these book signings which I never in a million years thought I would be like doing book signings at my you know, local bookstore, local grocery, where they had like a beauty department that they opened up. And they were like, we we want you to come. And I'm like, you do? I was like, that's so weird. But yay, that's great.
1: What year is this that you wrote the book?
0: I believe it was 2014. Yeah, I wrote wrote a book called Makeup Sensei. And one summer, I just decided I was like, I, I really want to write a book. I still want to write more books. But I knew that subject matter. I was I would ace it. I was like, I know how to do this, so I'm very good at teaching people and uh, how to do their hair, their makeup, and so I just I really wanted to just put something out there that you know somebody could really um, utilize and it could help them. So that's what I did. But when I was writing my book, I basically had met this photographer upstairs of the building that I'm in right now. It's an old building downtown San Antonio, and it was built in 1912. So on the third floor of that building, he has a photography studio. And so he is, his name was Jeff. I embark on this journey of writing a book, and he's doing all the video and photography for me. Well, I go into his studio, and after, you know, the whole summer writing this book with him, I go through, you know, I go through his studio, and he has this weird, like, long area And I said, and he had it piled up with a bunch of junk. And I said, what is this area? Like, it's so weird in your studio. And he says, I know, I've never been able to, like, figure it out. So I just kind of throw, it kind of is a catch-all now. And I said, all right, well, I kind of want to rent it. Will you rent it to me? And he says, what are you going to do there? (laughs) And I said, well, I want to make a makeup studio. I want to put mirrors on both sides. I'm going to put chairs, bar height. And I think I want to formally have a place to teach women how to do their makeup. So I ended up having, you know, that's how that business started officially. And the night before our opening, I went downstairs, you know, of course, I had put together all this like IKEA stuff. We know how long that takes. And it was like three in the morning before our grand opening. And downstairs, the entire first floor used to be like antiques. And it was by this man named Don Yarden. And I looked in the window because it was finally empty before you could not see anything inside this building. I mean, it was these huge windows, but it was just like wall to wall, ceiling to floor of like antiques, chandeliers. I mean, just, he was a pretty well-known antique dealer. Everybody would come from all over to buy his stuff. He had stuff from like King Louis, like $10,000 candlesticks. I mean, it was a really cool place. and. I look inside and it's empty and there's a release sign and I'm just staring in the window and I'm just looking at these 14 foot ceilings, this cavernous space. And I just had a vision and I was just like, I really want to be here. Like, I just felt so drawn to the space and at that moment, um, I actually had opened my first salon about three years prior to that. And it was about just under a thousand square feet. So if I had somebody with really long hair, I'd actually like hit my elbow on the wall. You know, it was really small place, really beautiful, nice and luxe, but, you know, it was smaller. And so when I saw that space, I was just like, I, I, I really got to inquire about it because I think I have a vision And so um, I called the landlord. I said, I'm really interested in making this place into my salon. And he was like, you are? He goes, well, that's not, I have other, I have other properties that would probably be a little bit better for you. And I'm like, no, I want this property. And so unbeknownst to me, he went and looked at my other space and he calls me back and he says, so you want to make that into that space? And it was like this, this you know, blue space or whatever. It was it was very, like, very, very restoration hardware. As a matter of fact, you know, because it was an antique place, when I opened up, people would stop in and be like, how much are the chairs? <laughs> and I was like, ah, I'm a salon, <laughs> you know, because it was so well-decorated. And um, so I ended up opening up my my first location, the main and company location that is there now. And, you know, like I said, as I'm kind of playing everything out, everything just kind of like grows organically and you just kind of figure out your way. I eventually got rid of the makeup box, which was on the third floor of the same building because I started doing a lot of one-on-ones and making more money just with one person or maybe one, maybe two people, you know, I would make the same as a class. And, you know, it's really difficult teaching 12 women how to do their makeup. It takes a lot of patience and also I did love it But I, I've always loved that one-on-one experience with somebody. So I just, um, you know, eventually I, I did away with the makeup box, but we would, you know, we still do makeup instruction. And if somebody has like a class of six or more, we still do something for them if that's what they're interested in. So a lot of corporate, uh, companies, a lot of law offices. I did a lot of, um, from there stemmed a lot of image consulting that I did for the news station. So, I mean, you name it, I'm, I'm constantly like doing all kinds of jobs that are all related to beauty. I mean, everything stems from that beauty, but it's always so interesting where beauty has taken me and the opportunities that it has offered me. So when you have an idea or a talent and you share it and you embark on the journey of having your own business, you don't know where it's going to take you it does grow. And sometimes it grows a little bigger than you as you, I'm sure you well know it's here. You are interviewing another person when you started out yourself, you know, opening up a business and that's what happens. I mean, you just, and if you didn't start, it would have never happened. (laughs) You know, you were still kind of sitting on the idea and like, you know, still thinking like, I don't know, I don't know if I should do this. You know,
1: I always say you, you, just have to start because you can find and that's why we have our community, you know, you can find a community and people who will share advice and help you and get you on that path forward. But you just have to have to take that first step. And even if you don't know what to do next, you just have to be okay asking for help. And there's so many people that are willing to help and and share advice. Alex, what do you know now about running the business that you're in? So running a salon business that you wish you knew, when you were first starting out? Oh, uh,
0: you know, I, I have to say the hardest part of my job is probably management, managing people. I really feel like I did get thrown into, and I say thrown into, I myself threw myself into this. I threw myself into managing people, which I didn't know anything about. I love working as a team and I knew once, once I, when I started my business, it was just me. Right. And so I'm doing hair and makeup. I'm going on site. I'm doing these weddings, but you know, these weddings are getting bigger and bigger. There's like 12 girls then there's 14 girls. And then, you know, I'm doing all of them. That's why I'm, I mean, I, it made me get really fast at like hair and makeup, but after a bit, I'm like, I really do need another person, you know? And then, um, I ended up getting, uh, uh, this, this gig where um, I ended up being the lead makeup and hair for a show called En la Cocina con las Estrellas, which means in the kitchen with the stars. And it was for Despierta America, which is an international show, basically good morning America for the world, the Latin world. Okay. And so here I am in San Antonio, Texas. I get this contract with them. They, they, Tell me, hey, we're doing this show. We're going to have celebrities coming. Um, you know, the idea is Maseka, which is like cornmeal, is sponsoring it. Um, this is a while back ago. This is before, like, you know, now we have influencers and all this stuff. But, you know, these people were, like, doing – that's that's the way that they would produce a show, right? They would get this, like, sponsor, this backing. So Maseka was the backing. Their idea was to get a celebrity to come and cook with someone who submitted their recipe. And then they would spin a wheel and they would win all this money. So it was a really cool show. Um, they tell me all about it. I bid on it. I get it. I end up working for, with them for several years. And I end up working with all these celebrities. I mean, Sofia Vergara, um, Alejandra Guzman, Gloria Trevi, like Paulina Rubio. I mean, you name it. Like, I'm just, they're all coming, <laughs> right? They're all coming. And I'm—and and it's live TV, by the way, sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes it's live TV. So I get this contract, they tell me what it entails and I got, I need people. So I start recruiting people. I start putting, um, you know, advertisements out for hairstylists, makeup artists. Um, you know, I had people that, um, I had kind of visited like the cosmetology schools and things like that. So recruiting people. So that was probably the hardest part is finding good people, keeping good people and managing people. Managing good and bad people, you know, so it's been the toughest part of my job. I'm sure any uh, business will say that, that it's the staff is probably the hardest part of the job. And it's true. You have to invest your time in the people that are in your company. And so I have changed management styles over the years. I mean, it's really interesting. I'm I'm actually really proud of myself and how I have overcome so many obstacles. And, you know, I'm, uh, I don't have regrets, because they were all learning experiences. But you know, I I definitely have have learned. And, and it also helps me now, because now I'm able to determine what is fault of my own. And what is not something that I'm going to internalize, <laughs> you know, because you do feel like a failure, like when somebody leaves, you know, especially with with my type of business, my type of business is not like, Oh, you were sitting at a computer and, you know, you were making, you know, 12 or 14 bucks an hour. Like, that's not what it is. These are, these are passionate people who this is their career and their passion and I'm mentoring them. And it's like a family. So it's the connection so much deeper. So you can feel a little bit like internalizing some things and it's really important to manage them, but also manage yourself and how you're dealing with your staff.
1: I think it's so important that you share that because, you know, so many of us initially go into business because we're focused on a passion or a problem that we're looking to solve. Like for myself and Courtney, when we first started Social Fly, we loved creating social media strategies for different brands and businesses. But then as you grow a company, your most of your time is spent building the team and managing the team to be able to execute that initial service that you loved being the one executing. So now for you, you know, loving doing hair and makeup, now most of your time is focused on how do I build the team and keep the team happy and keep everyone engaged. And now you're having to learn all of these new skills, which I find like it's so fun as an, as an entrepreneur because you're always learning, but not what you essentially set out to set out to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, my passion is definitely in helping others find their beauty, match what they feel on the inside and what I see in them. I want to match that to the outside while also keeping the integrity of who they are, right? And so to teach someone that something's tangible sometimes, you know, like, like a coffee shop, right? I can teach you how to make a, a cup of coffee. And that's like our method, Right. Like, okay, well, we do this much cream. We do that in at a salon. (laughs) It is so like it's so curated to each individual and each stylist that I mean, at times, honestly, I don't know how we do it. I don't know how we do it. And it must be magic. I mean, it has to be because it is truly, truly a talent. I see so many talented people in my salon. They make people feel so good. It is so individualized to each person. And likewise, when I'm in the salon, these are independent stylists. That's how I'm running this particular business that I have right now. But, you know, I'm about to open up Saks Fifth Avenue. Saks approached me about opening up a salon inside of their store. So I'm going to have my my third main company inside of Saks Fifth Avenue. And that one is going to be employees. I'm not doing commission splits over there because I'd like to manage differently. I actually want to, I just, I just wanna, I wanna run that business differently. So I'm, I am also embarking on something new because I've never run a business where it's solely employees. I've had kind of like a hybrid at my salon downtown where I have the, the front desk staff and assistants are employees, but everybody else is independent stylists. So you know it's there's a lot of different management styles going on there.
1: who do you go to for advice when you are embarking on something new or trying to figure out how to scale or structure like this example, this new venture with sex?
0: I wish that I had more support and help, and you know now I feel like there's so much out there. I do listen to podcasts i start my day at like 5.30 in the morning, I go work out. And while I'm working out, I usually will turn on a podcast or I'm reading something. And so a lot of advice that I get tends to come from a lot of the clients that I have in my chair. I'm very blessed in the sense that I have some CEOs, some major, major, majorly amazing CEOs, you know, women in business. And I'm talking like they're the chief executive officer of like energy companies here in Texas, lawyers who, um, I don't cut men's hair anymore, but one of specifically, I remember one mentor of mine when I first started and he was with me for years, he was my mentor, but he was in law. So he was like running, he was managing lawyers, you know, but he would sit in my chair and he would say, Alex, you got to read this book. Oh my gosh. You got to read this book. And I'm like, well, give it to me. What what book is it? You know? And I'd be like cutting his hair. And then he would, and I'd say, Well, give me a little, like, give me some high-level stuff. Like, give me, give me some, give me a little, little pearls of wisdom. And so he'd tell me some things, and I would be just like mind blown, right? Like, wow, that's incredible. That little fine-tuning is just what I needed today. And it's so funny when you get a message right when you need it. So I have to say it is probably a mixed bag of unsolicited mentorship, (laughs) five to 10 minutes of podcasts. (laughs) I mean, it's not like I'm listening to, I don't even have time to listen to a whole podcast. So I'm getting like little snippets. I'll open a book and something will just be there. And then I, maybe it's my ADD. I don't know. I close the book and I'm like, wow, that was mind blowing. I'm going to go use it. You know, I don't even finish. So I'm kind of like a little bit all over the place in that sense. I am a loner. I've always had, I always have been. It's so funny because Square, when they interviewed me, they were like, you know, I got on their, I got on their map, right? They were like, how'd you do all this? Like you started here and then, you know, they did that whole segment on me. And they were like, and now you're here. And I'm like, honestly, like I did this by myself. Like, I don't know, just trial and error, figuring it out. I wish I had more help and there probably was help. But, you know, I'm, I guess I grew up just not asking for help and not knowing really who to ask for help. So you just do it. And my mom's like that. My mom's just a doer. My mom ran our family business for over 30 years. We had a fire extinguisher sales and service business for over 30 years in Corpus Christi, Texas. My dad, she just sent my dad out to go do what he needed to do and told him where to go and what to do. And my brother and my mom was the accountant, the brains, the, you know, the business side. She went to, she took some business classes, some accounting classes, and she did it herself. You know, so my mom was always in my ear like, Alex, have you done this? Have you done this? Don't forget, you need to have this, you know. So I have my mom kind of like on me. But other than that, I really didn't have um, a lot of support. Now I feel like I definitely do um Value and like I reach out a little more. And when I have someone in my chair that can impart some wisdom on me, boy, do my ears perk up. You know, I'm just so like, I think that's one of my favorite things about my job is hearing how other people do their job. So I love one of my favorite things to ask when someone's in my chair is we have a saying in Spanish that if you're, if you speak Spanish out there, you know the saying. And you ask somebody, a que te dedicas? And the literal translation of that, it's very different because we don't say this in English. But if you literally translate it, it is, what do you dedicate yourself to? So I love that. I love that because when I'm talking to somebody, it's so boring to say, like, so what do you do? Do you go to school? Do you go to work? Like, what do you work? What do you do for your job? You know, and it's like boring, right? I love asking someone, what do you dedicate yourself to? And it's always really, really interesting the reaction that I get when I ask that. Sometimes people like look at me, will turn around and look at me, and I'll just just like dead face look at them, like, yeah, what do you dedicate yourself to? And they're like, well, and the answers I get are really interesting, but I love asking that question because I always get such such great feedback from it. It kind of disarms people and then they really tell me what they're passionate about. So it's a really nice quick way to, you know, just have these like single serving of like, you know, maybe they're never going to be in my chair again. Maybe they are because we're downtown. We do have a lot of transient, you know, people and they're from all over. I mean, they're from everywhere. I had a woman from Australia in my chair the other day and she was here for a conference. She was speaking at a conference and that's what I'm talking about. I mean, it's just like I get all these little these little pearls, you know, in my chair. and it's it's really it's really awesome. It's really awesome. I love it
1: up next, you'll hear all about Alex's favorite business tools that she can't live without speaking of different business tools and solutions, and especially when opening a new a new salon, are there? different business tools and solutions. I know we've obviously touched on Square and how helpful they've been in your business, but are there any other business tools and solutions that have really helped you grow and scale your businesses?
0: I personally use ADP. I really do like using them for human resources, for payroll. I actually have Square for payroll as well, but, you know, they just serve a a different set of needs. I really like the fact that it's just set up differently, and I don't have to really worry about the human resources part. ADP offers more support with human resources, and once I enter these people you know, into the system, it notifies them, and they're on their own, and I don't really have to worry about that anymore. So um, again, time is is a really big commodity for me, and so anything that I can do to cut my time and save time I have definitely learned how to do that. So I do love that. I probably have so many things in place that, you know, I don't even realize that, you know, it's just taken me years to really get to to a place where I have everything just, you know, like clockwork. I mean, everything's just, um, and I'm very mobile. I mean, I, I'm constantly traveling. I do have a, a New York salon. It's not as big as my salon here. It is probably like 1200 square feet, has a couple of chairs. I love that I can go to New York, be creative and do the things I need to do over there. And, you know, it's a little bit more of a simple, simple life, but definitely very inspiring over there. It's just a different, different animal.
1: Absolutely. And when you mentioned ADP, actually, we use ADP as well and, and partner with them, too. They've been incredible with their PEO platform. And like you said, it's when you can have when you can find these right business tools and solutions that can really help you optimize and scale your business. It is just it's life changing as a business owner, because otherwise you spend so much time trying to figure all this stuff out and do things manually. And you need to everything's things in there.
0: I mean, they're, they have all these tools and they have everything already preset. And I mean, you can just. Yeah, you can just dive in there and get what you need. You don't have to, you know, reinvent the wheel. So love that.
1: Totally so easy. What would you say, Alex, is the craziest thing that's happened to you since starting your businesses? There's too many. (laughs) I mean,
0: one thing that vividly stands out in my mind is when I upgraded the salon and I ordered some things from overseas and they like brought it to my place and they didn't have like it was a, in a container <laughs> and I was like not expecting that so I had to hire a truck with the ramp to basically like you know what I mean like the container that there that so the moving company was so confused and I was like yeah I'm moving like from right there to right here like and then to here
1: <laughs> oh my gosh yeah so
0: many. Someone needs to be in the in the truck and like go go in it and then pull back and then go down and move right there. So that was like one of the things where I was not expecting that. It was definitely. I've also had a lot of construction with the city. They've closed down my streets. They've actually put fences in front of my front doors because there's all these closures. We've all gone through COVID, but you know, I was considered a non-essential business. You know, it's it's a constant thing. There's always the craziest things that happen to me. It's every day. It's the roller coaster something. every day. Yeah. <laughs> always something. I mean, I just sometimes I'm just in disbelief, you know, at some of the things that happen. But, but yeah, those are probably some of the craziest things is just the shutdowns and, you know, adversity. And we're dealing with the public and you don't know what anybody's going through. So I have had a crazy person come into my salon that I had never seen before. She came in for a consultation for extensions. And so this was probably one of my first times ever dealing with someone that was so hostile. And, you know, because because I'm in such a personal business, I get to like really get to know my clients. But, you know, as my as my business got bigger, I started dealing with more of the public people that don't really know me and I don't really know them. So it's not really a referral of a friend of you know what I mean? These are just like now my now. Yeah, they don't, they're just walking in, right? And they were like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Black Swan says they come over here. And, you know, Yoga Studio sent me over here. I just moved in from Chicago. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Well, nice to meet you. Come on in. We sit down. She has a bag of her extensions. And they're all, like, cut up. I mean, they're just chopped up. And they look pretty beat up. And I tell her, I said, Oh, uh, well, you know, we don't put in extensions that are already used because we can't guarantee them. And this already has kind of a haircut to it. I don't really know how to do this, like put Tetris this back into your head. And so she says, um, She got very hostile, was very, just very upset. And she called me a name to my face. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm just like with my mouth open, like, Wow. And I said, I was just going to tell you that we can go down the street and grab you some new hair. And she goes, well, why didn't you just say that in the first place? And I said, well, I was trying to, I was explaining to you why we can't do this. And then now it, here's what we're going to do. But you didn't give me a chance to before you called me a, you know, a bee. And now I don't feel comfortable working on your head. You're going to have to leave. And she wasn't having it. So she starts recording me, turns on her camera and starts recording me. And, you know, fortunately, I just kept my head about me. And I actually, when she recorded me, I said, hi, I'm Alex Main. I'm here in my salon and -and so-and-so is here and is really upset because I'm not doing their, I'm not going to do their hair because they called me this name and I don't feel comfortable touching their head. So she turned it off and she was like, I'm, I'm getting out of here, you know, or whatever. And she got really upset. So it was just like, you know, she wouldn't leave for a while. So that was a really weird experience, someone not leaving the premises and I had to, basically say, I'm going to call the cops. I mean, that's not normal. You know, that's not a normal thing. I think people are stressed. You know, people are going through a lot. There's a lot of mental health issues. We're dealing with the public when you have a a business. I'm sure any business owner that has a brick and mortar where people walk in has some kind of story. And I've been very fortunate that they're very, very far and in between. I, I really don't have those kind of things happen. So that's really great. But yeah, you have to be ready for whatever. I mean, every day is different. You just don't know what's going to happen.
1: How do you stay just level-headed through all of the challenges and and the ups and downs? Any strategies that you use to to just keep going?
0: I honestly call it an out-of-body experience when when you have these situations. I think I'm so used to working under pressure that I just, I probably can compare it to you know, like people that perform on stage, right, they have a lot of nervousness and adrenaline and they get trained or, you know, you get trained. I used to do like TV and film and like be on camera. And so what What my coach taught me was to channel all of that nervous energy into like just like staying calm. And you got to like consciously talk slower and you have to just take a beat You know, and just kind of regulate your heartbeat, regulate yourself. So I think it's, I call it an out-of-body experience because I have gone through some things and my my clients or my, you know, some of uh, the artists that are with me when we're doing something and they're like, I don't know how you did that or how you handled that, but like, I couldn't do that. You know, and so it's just, I think it's a lot of the training that I had with just being on TV and film to just kind of like play it cool. Inside, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm, I'm so dead inside. But, um, you know, I try to keep my cool about me. I think also what prepared me for everything is just being a mom. I mean, I'm a mother of four kids and aging in uh, ages 26 to 16. I think when you are a parent and you've gone through tons of things with your kids, you just like, you just don't, you don't mess around anymore. You know, you just kind of like, hey, let's figure out a solution. Let's move on. I don't want to like stay here and sit in this and waste time. So I think that really helps a lot as well. And just knowing who you are and knowing what you stand for, you know, you can, like I said before, uh, we can internalize things as business owners. There is a psychology to business. And one of the things that is very frustrating as a business owner, and I'm sure you can um, relate or some of you listening can relate to this, is Yelp and Google and people judging you. And basically, and I say judging because some people don't even visit your business and they put a a review up there, you know, and it's because of the, um, they just think it's so great to share, you know, whatever. And it's like, You know, I I recently dealt with a situation like that with a young woman who put two stars. She canceled her appointment with me, put two stars on the review. And I contacted her and I said, hey, um, you know, I was ready for your appointment at five o'clock on Thursday. You canceled on me. So I don't understand why you gave two stars. Do you mind removing it? You didn't visit here and you didn't have an experience here. She said, "Um, yeah, I did have a service there. It's called customer service. And I didn't like that. I was only getting a consultation. So I canceled. I mean, super. well. <laughs> like,
1: I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Like all, all the things that, you know, we all experience as business owners and yeah. Yeah.
0: So those are just a few of the things that you'll, you'll deal with, you know, when you have a business. So people glamorize you know, like they're, you know, owning a business and they'll say, but they'll say all these things like, Oh my gosh, you know, you own this beautiful salon and you're opening up another salon at Saks, and you all are opening up a coffee shop and you have a salon in New York, and it's like, yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, it's a lot of psychological fortitude. <laughs> because you have to know who you are, what you represent, and you have to almost kind of like be a duck. I had one of the best compliments that I've ever gotten. It stayed with me, and I have to share it with you. One of my clients told me, Alex, you're like a duck. And I was like, oh, (laughs) I was like, please tell me how they're like, because, you know, you just float on the water on the surface. You're just floating so gracefully on the water and all the water's just like just coming right off your feathers, like nothing is really getting you wet, but underneath the surface, Your little feet are going crazy under there, you know? And you're just working so hard, but on top, everybody's watching you and you're just gliding across. And that's you, you're the duck. And I was like, wow, that's really cool and I love that. And so whenever I get flustered and whenever I start feeling really down about myself or somebody makes me feel bad um, or I allow somebody to make me feel bad, I should say, because nobody can make you feel bad. When I start allowing somebody to get to me, I remember that beautiful compliment that I got. And then it makes me kind of take a deep breath, take a moment and readjust my thinking. And I have to let it roll off of me. I have to let that bead just roll right off. And I just have to keep swimming.
1: Coming up, Alex shares her most important reminder for entrepreneurs. Thank you for sharing that. And I have a feeling that you just sharing that story is going to help so many people now visualize that exact example I'm going to. So thank you, Alex, for for sharing that. And to your friend who said, when did someone say this to you? How long ago was that?
0: You know, this is really funny because this was shared with me when I opened my first salon. So I got four feet under that, (laughs) under the water now, but it it stayed with me for a really long time. So that was probably back in like 2012. My goodness. Yeah, like 2012, somebody shared that with me and it has stayed with me. And it it is a really good thing to visualize whenever you're getting really flustered, you're dealing with a really um, tough situation, you're going through some adversity. Um, You know, I I really do want to um, use grace when I deal with people. I want to use grace... More importantly, and I want everyone listening to know this, have some grace when you deal with yourself. We need to have grace with ourselves. It's taken me a long time to really learn that. I have been so hard on myself for so many years. I do feel like that's what got me where I am. But at the same time, now I am where I am. And at some point you have to say, hey, you did a good job and you're doing a great job. So, you know, you're doing the best that you can and you need to give yourself some grace. So, I have learned to do that. I'm I am really proud to say of that. Proud to say that and you know, several years ago, back in 2010, 2012, I would never say I am so proud of myself because that would make me feel like I don't have humility. I am not humble enough and that I think so much of myself. But you know what? Now I know that that is it's okay to say I'm proud of myself, you know? So there's a lot of psychology in business or there really is. And it's very interesting because I definitely know that. And it is so, so, so important to really, really understand all of those things because it will, it will uh, ultimately help you run your business better and also run yourself better because as, as a business owner, as a manager, because it's really important for us
1: to stay sane. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that, Alex, and congrats on everything you've accomplished. We all know how hard it is. And I just have this picture of you now, not even as a duck, as a swan. Just just, uh, going through. Did I get upgraded? (laughs) You just got upgraded. You were a swan, not a duck. (laughs) Oh man,
0: I was a duck and now I'm a swan. Wow, what a full circle moment, Right? 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 I love this.
1: All it took was coming on uh, the Entreprenista podcast. Well, my last question for you, Alex, and I could talk to you for forever and ever and ever, but I know you have to get back to running your business. Last question for you. What does being an entrepreneurista mean to you?
0: So being an entrepreneurista means, I guess just that, just, you know, having fortitude, being tenacious, being also kind and gracious. I just want to run my businesses with grace. I really do. And that just, that that can mean so many things, but I really want to run my businesses with a lot of grace. We live in a really different time. We're managing a lot of different types of people. I think at this time that we live in, we're managing so many generations of people. In my business, I have, I think my youngest, maybe might've been like around 19. (laughs) And, you know, we have all the way to, you know, 50s maybe almost 60s. So we have, that's a big range of, of age and also work ethic, all these things. They force me to be kind of everything to everyone. I have to really toggle between different management styles. And so my best advice and what it means to be an entrepreneurista is to be able to withstand change, to be able to, you know, I guess just be adaptable. I mean, you have to adapt to every single situation. You cannot say this is the way it is and this is how it's gonna be forever, because it's not. We have a certain set of beliefs that we have about ourselves, our business, how we run things, maybe how we view other people. Be ready to have other beliefs. You gotta be really open. And so if you're really open to those things and you're open to change and you're open to all those things, then that means that you're open to growth. And um, I think it's really important to just, um, you know, continue learning. Being an entrepreneurista means that I'm never, I'm never going to be, I'm never going to know everything. I'm never going to stop learning. I'm never going to stop growing. And I'm always on to the next adventure, the next journey. I'm just, I'm about to launch my new extension line called Beautiful Blends. So I'm embarking on a whole new thing for myself. And this is what makes me excited to be an entrepreneur. I love, love, love taking a brand, babying it, showing it to everybody and just really nurturing, you know, and and having it grow organically. I'm not trying to take over the world. I'm really just trying to connect with with people um, one person at a time. And if more people connect after that, then that's amazing.
1: Well, Alex, congrats again on everything. Where can everyone find you, follow you, share all of the links and handles, and we will link out to everything in the show notes below so everyone can find you.
0: Yeah, no, definitely find me on Instagram. Please connect with me. I would love to talk with you like you. I think when when you're doing things, people contact you in your inbox all the time. they're like, "Oh my gosh, how did you do this?" So I'm very open as well, uh, just like like yourself. So I'm at the Alex Main on Instagram and on Facebook and all of my platforms. And I spell Alex with an I, so it's A-L-I-X.
1: Perfect. And we'll link out to everything in the show notes below so you can go follow and find Alex and her salons. Thank you again, Alex, for being here. I'm Stephanie, and this is the best business meeting I've ever had. Hey, thanks for listening and leaving us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And we'd love to stay in touch with each of you. You can listen to all of our latest episodes at entrepreneista.com and connect with us on Instagram at entrepreneuristas. We'd also love to invite you to join the Entrepreneurista League, our private membership community for trailblazing women. You can head over to Entreprenista.com forward slash the league. We'll see you there. Wishing you a productive week ahead.